Hush Money is a production of iHeartRadio. This is Hush Money, the show that tackles the most taboo money topics you're currently thinking about. I'm Nicole Lappin, financial expert and author of the books Rich Bitch and Boss Bitch. And I'm Jason Pfeiffer, editor-in-chief of Entrepreneur Magazine. And we believe that just because we're socially distancing doesn't mean we need to be financially distancing. Everyone has concerns about money these days, but the biggest problem is not talking about it. So that's why we're back for a special season to face these issues and talk about solutions. Because there are solutions. So let's not stress and get through this together. Hey, Nicole. Oh, hey, Jason. So I got to tell you something, a little lesson for everyone out there. You got to jump at the opportunity because the opportunity doesn't last long. You know what I'm talking about? Or the opportunity jumps if you don't jump. What? No, 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 no. You got tangled in the metaphor. It's not It's not a metaphor. Do you know what I'm talking about? I'm talking about if you owned a Floby and you put it on eBay, oh because God. let me tell you something. I know. I'm obsessed with the Floby. Nicole and I have been talking about the Floby for a long time, but we haven't actually put it on mic, and now I insist on doing it. So, a few weeks ago, if you owned a Floby, do you remember what a Floby is? It's the thing that sucks your hair out and cuts it for you that looks terrifying like a lawnmower is on your scalp. That's right. It is basically a vacuum cleaner that cuts your hair. And it was uh, came out in the 80s. And uh, then it went away. And now, of course, as everyone's locked at home and in need of a haircut, this stuff has been blowing up on eBay. My friend Kevin just keeps sending me updates. He bought one at the very beginning of the pandemic. It cost him like 25 bucks. Now, I'm looking at it right now, 30 bids up to $165, 19 bids up to $130. Now, that may sound like a lot, Nicole, but I'm telling you something. Weeks ago, it was at $500. No. You got to jump. No. If you've got a Floby, you got to jump. Nobody's spending $500 to get their hair sucked in a thing. No. This is the thing that I love about these moments is like if you can just anticipate what people need at a weird but crucial time, you can make a lot of money. Like there's always some random thing that for some reason there's just suddenly a spike in interest in. Like everybody's got something in their home that at some point somebody really wants. And I, I just like I'm obsessed with spotting these moments because it's like it's like it's not like just the stock market that's going up and down like literally everything around you is at some point going up and down you know like you have this old comic book and it's going to be like super valuable for one minute when the movie version of the comic book from the 80s comes out and then after that nobody's going to care it's like you got to jump i'm kind of obsessed you're clearly obsessed i'm obsessed with the floby thing well, you know if you had purell before this you yes. would have also been stoked <laughs> So there's another reason that I wanted to talk about the Floby, and that is because we're talking about what to do with your money. If you got some money, maybe because you sold a Floby or some other weird thing on eBay, where do you put it? That is the question that our listener had asked us. Ready to hear? Yes. My name is Jenna, and my question is, is it more financially prudent to contribute the same amount to building six-plus months emergency savings as to paying off debt? Say if I had an extra $50, do I put half an emergency fund and the other towards a credit card? All right. Thanks, Jenna. That is a really good question, and I love the specificity of it. So let's just deal, Nicole, with this idea of $50. You got $50.00. Where do you put it? Do you put it into your savings? Or if you've got credit card debt, do you pay off some of your debt? 
Well, I love that Jenna's question was so specific, but I actually would need more specifics to give her the best answer possible. Because I want to know how much debt she has and how much savings she has, because there is going to be a different path. It's like a choose your own debt savings adventure based Ooh, on... It sounds like the worst choose your own adventure game I've ever played. By the way, I loved choose your own adventure. We talked about Mad Libs on another show. I try to just incorporate my childhood favorites into my life any way possible. <laughs> so the choose your own adventure like goes through three paths. So we're going to do the Where's Waldo of finance next, right? Or Carmen Sandiego. Ooh, where in the world is she? So she's either in option one, which is having credit card debt and no savings, or there's option two, which is having savings and credit card debt. And then there's option three, that you have a lot of savings and a little credit card debt. Okay. Where so do you want to go first? Well, let's just, well, let's go one through three. So let's assume, let's, Jenna is just going to be our stand in for all three of these. So Jenna number one okay. has no savings, but has a lot of credit card debt. And she's got $50 that she just found in a couch somewhere. And uh, where is that $50 I going? I love when that happens. So that $50 is going to go to savings. You're going to pay off the minimum credit card payment that you have. So you have to pay the minimum. If you've already used 30% of your credit, your credit score is already taking a beating. So just make sure that you're paying the minimum payments on time so it doesn't get totally beaten down to the ground. But here's the other thing. You want to make sure that if you're not paying off your credit card debt right now, which is something I would have normally never suggested, that you get your interest rate down as much as possible. So if you have great credit, then you can look at a balance transfer credit card that will put all that debt into a 0% introductory rate for like a year to 21 months. And then after that, it kind of kicks the can down the road. So while you're putting that $50 in savings, or you're putting more as you're continuing to save, just make sure you have a plan to pay that debt off when the interest rate will inevitably jump because it's not going to be 0% forever. Or you can put all of it into a lower rate personal loan, which helps as well. So you're not paying off the bulk of your debt, but you're going to try to do the best you can with the interest rate so you don't get totally screwed by compounding interest. When it works in your favor, it's amazing. But when it works against you, it really sucks. Oh, yeah. Carmen Sandiego hates compounding interest. She hates it so much. <laughs> it's why she keeps running away. It's why we can't find her. So, okay, Jenna number two, she has $50. You know why? Because she waited too long to sell her Floby and it was only worth $50. Oh my God, and Jason, now, let it go. She, <laughs> she has a mix. She's got some savings, but she's also got some credit card debt. So, what is Jenna number two doing? You know, this is a tricky one because if you have less than three months of savings, then I would say pay the minimum right now and then save the rest. Uh, this is tricky because a lot of people feel torn in this situation. If they have more than six months of credit card debt and you feel like your job situation is stable, then you can start picking away at more of your credit card debt beyond the minimum payment. Okay. And then there is Jenna number three. Jenna number three 
won $50 in an online Mad Libs competition. So congratulations to her. You're a Mad Libs champion. And Jenna number three has a bunch of savings, but a little credit card debt. Yep. Okay. And what does she do? If she has like nine months of savings and she feels really good about her work situation, then I would start picking away at more of that credit card debt and try to get the debt monkey off your back. Okay. Choose your own adventure. That is a good survey of what to do. That is, that's a great adventure. Where in the world is your $50? So you know what this reminds me of? This is slightly different. And also it's a question from a pre-coronavirus world, but all the same. I wasn't sure what to do when I had a little money to pay off things. I have a mortgage. So that, you know, that's the debt that I'm like kind of constantly trying to chip away at. And then I have this sort of savings account that I put money into when I can. And then I also have my kids. Uh, what is oh, 529. Yeah, 529. Thanks. I have my kids 529, which is the college savings account. So I have wondered what to do with that. Like, how do I decide where that money goes? And at some point, somebody said to me, well, what's the interest rate on your mortgage? And the answer is 4%. And they said, well, is your like investment account making more than 4%? And in a pre-coronavirus world, the answer was yes. And so they said, well, stop putting extra money into your mortgage. Just pay the minimum amount that you're supposed to and put the rest of that into things that are going to grow more. You're like losing money by putting money into your mortgage. And I thought, oh, that's a really interesting way to think about it. And so that's what I've done ever since. But it, it was actually the first time that I had thought seriously about how different places that I put my money could impact what that money is worth in the long term. Totally. So all of it should be based on interest rate, for sure. Not all debt is created equal. Absolutely. Not all returns are created equal. Absolutely. And so if you have debt, you have to categorize that by interest rate. So always the highest interest rate is going to be your credit card debt, right? So you want to pay that off first. So if you have $50, if Jenna found $50 and she had credit card debt, she had student loans, she had a mortgage, she had a car note, okay? What is she going to do first? So that $50, you know, it might feel really cathartic if Jenna had a student loan bill that was $50. She'd be like, great, cut up this bill, bye. No, I would put that $50 first toward credit card debt because that's the highest interest rate. Then I would pay off my car note because you don't want to borrow on a depreciating asset. And then you would pay off your mortgage and then you would pay off your student loans because Creditors, by the way, can take away your house. They can take away your car, but they cannot... Take away your freedom? They can't take away your freedom or your brain. They kind of can take <laughs> away your freedom, but they cannot take away your brain. I think William Wallace would have something to say about that. <laughs> so I think this is like... I love alliteration, as you know, that I talk about this as a plan to prioritize to pulverize. So you have to prioritize Ooh. your debt to pulverize it. Get it off your back. I'm curious to adjust Jenna's situation here. Instead of $50, what if it's a lot of money? Like, what if she found $5,000 in her couch? Sweet couch. I want that couch. But anyway, the, the reason I asked that is like, because, you know, now we're talking about money that could, depending on the amount of credit card debt that you have, like, wipe out a pretty significant chunk of your credit card debt. Is there 
a different way of thinking about your scenarios if we're dealing with more money, right? Like instead of thinking about, you know, just making sure we've got the minimum payments out, like do you want to make sure that your credit card debt is just like completely paid off before you start putting all that $5,000 you found on the couch into savings? How do you want to start thinking about that once we're dealing with somewhat larger numbers? Then I would want to see what the numbers are for the other stuff. I know you want an easy answer, but I think it really depends on, yeah, how much savings you have and how much debt you have. But actually, my answers would probably be the same. Hmm. Yeah, if you don't have savings, you put that $5,000, you put $50,000, whatever, into savings. Yeah. So Jenna said this thing, she said, and I know you touched upon it a little bit, but Jenna said specifically if she had six months of savings. Is that some kind of thing that people have in their heads that they should be getting six months to say? Is that some standard action plan? Yeah, Jenna read my book. Ah. So ideally, in BC times, you'd have three to six months of savings, nine months to a year of savings if you had a precarious job like you were a model or like a real estate broker, right? Because you don't have a consistent paycheck. You're working on commissions and stuff like that. So you want more set aside. And so, yeah, I mean, ideally it was around six months, but it was six months of a rice and beans Mm. budget, right? It's not like all the things that you would normally spend on. It's really like paring down all the extras and it's living bare bones. Uh, But you would have that ideally set aside. And, you know, if you do have debt right now, just it's super important not only to negotiate the essentials that you have, so the bare bones bills, but also negotiate your credit card, like negotiate everything. We had a whole episode on this. So get after it. Get after it. Just in general, another musing around this is I think what we've learned or what we've discovered about our financial lives is that when the tide goes down, you see who's swimming naked. It's a Warren Buffett quote where like when stuff goes bad, you see who's actually got it together and who doesn't. And so I think one of the things that we're learning from the quarantine that could be positive after the crisis is Mm -hmm. the importance of an emergency fund and the importance of savings. Because like in BC times, you would think like, oh, nothing's going to happen. Pandemic. I don't need to save for that. Like I can buy another tie-dye tracksuit. No big deal. (laughs) But now I think the savings idea is something that you can really grasp onto as a necessity, something that you actually need. It's not this like mythical thing that you find in rich bitch or something crazy book like that, that it's actually really important to have an emergency fund because there are crazy ass emergencies a la a pandemic. And you got to treat it like an emergency fund. I hadn't actually thought about that. We're talking about savings for six months. We're talking about the amount of money that maybe you'd spend in two months or three months in normal times that you're stretching to six months. Yeah. I mean, if you lost your job, if you got sick and couldn't work, if a family member or spouse got sick and couldn't work, those are emergencies. You know, it's not an emergency if you got your side hustle, you know, suffered or whatever. That's like not an emergency. But an emergency is something where you are not making income. And that's when you use the emergency fund. I think some people felt guilty in the beginning of the pandemic for using their emergency fund. I'm like, no, no, there is actually no gray area here. It's pretty black or white. Like we're in an emergency. It is a rainy day. It is raining every single day. So use that fund. That's what it's there for. Mm. But then we have to also replenish it. Because who the hell now knows what would happen? That's why you have to have your own back, Jason. Yeah. Nicole, you want to 
you want to hear a little um, little vocal ditty? Oh, do I ever. Okay, here we go. <clears throat> what is your question for Nicole and Jason on Hush Money? <laughs> what is your question <laughs> for Nicole and Jason on Hush Money? What's your question? <laughs> and you know how you can send it to us. Nicole is about to pass out I on the floor speak. as I was doing I that. Can't, <laughs> I can't breathe, but it's uh, <laughs> the Podcast at iHeartMedia.com. So what you should do is you should take out your phone and you should go to voice memo and you should record yourself, much like Jenna did, telling us who you are, what your question is, try to keep it in a minute, sing it if you must, sing it if you think you can sing better than me. And please never, ever try to sing the Carmen Sandiego theme song again. Please stick to your day job. Thank you. I love you. Goodbye. This is the end of another episode of Hush Money. And that is Hush Money. Hey, are you subscribed to Hush Money wherever you get your podcasts? You should be. And please give us a rating, which helps others find the show. It sure does. And if you want to keep up with us on social, I'm at Nicole Lappin. Jason is at Hey Pfeiffer. And for the podcast specifically, it's at Hush Money Podcast on Instagram. We've got great people to thank. Our amazing producer is Christina Everett. Thanks also to Mangesh, Hatikador, Will Pearson, Beth Ann Macaluso, and Nikki Etor, and the rest of the great iHeart team. Our sound editing is by Mary Duke. And a special thanks to my badass NBG team, Sabrina Anderson, Megan Nelson, and Kate Garrison. Hush Money is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. 